All right, we are live here with another episode of Fight on Montana. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, those people that are uh, not viewing us on YouTube, you can you can get onto the FCS Fans Nation uh, YouTube channel. You can watch us there. You can also find us on any platform: uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere anywhere where you can get a podcast. You can find us there. Uh, we have a great episode. We're going to go over the spring game, but uh, Luke and I are here, but we have the one and only Lucas. Sam, how are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, no problem. Uh, I, I'm in Wyoming. You know, Luke, he's in South Dakota, yep. and you are in Missoula still. Um, how are things going? Um, where can where can Grizz Nation find you and, and give you a shout out? Because uh, we really appreciated what you did um, for Grizz Nation and, and just how you covered the Grizz. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Like I was telling you guys, I like it too much here to leave yet. So we'll be sticking around at least through the summer. Uh, the goal would be to have a, another Division One beat for football by the fall. Um, and if that doesn't work, hopefully basketball by the winter. So we'll see what happens. Going to take my time and just enjoy a Montana summer. I'm really excited for that. So I'll be around for a while yet. Well, and this is your, your first Montana summer, right? Yeah, I haven't got one yet. Got here in September and it was decent out. And then I don't ever remember what that feels like. So excited <laughs> for the summer. Amen with that. Yeah, we've gotten over like 70 inches of, of snow here. So it's been crazy. I don't know what, Luke, you've gotten, but I'm, I'm totally, totally down for spring. Yeah, I think the whole north, we're sick of snow. <laughs> <laughs> ready ready for ready for spring and then summer, especially up in Missoula. You'll have to go float the Blackfoot and just enjoy everything that the summer in Missoula brings. Yeah, I've been taking in all the recommendations. I'm ready to get across the state too and do the parks, and because we've never oh, yeah. been out in this part of the country, so that'll all be brand new for us. Yeah, definitely yeah. take advantage of that. Nice. Well, hey guys, we're we're just going to go over the spring game. If you have not heard, uh, you know, the coaching changes and everything, we'll get you caught up. This is your one-stop shop to get caught up. So let's kind of go over the coaching changes. Uh, there was no. Well, there, there were a couple new coaches, but a lot of just like trading positions on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Brent Pease goes to, goes from wide receivers coach to offensive coordinator and QB coach. Uh, that was the big one. Uh, Bryce Erickson goes from tight end to wide receiver. Uh, Rob Fennessy goes from the uh, offensive analyst to tight ends and tackles coach. Uh, and then the big drop down, I, I would say, and I, I hate to say drop down, but you would have to think that it is uh, Tim Rosenbaugh, offensive coordinator to the office, offensive analyst and recruiting and high school relations person. I have no clue. <laughs> I, I don't know if they just like threw something on there for that, but I've never heard of a position like that. So that's awesome if they're, they're kind of expanding that. But um, what were you guys' thoughts on, on that? My, my thing when I saw that is how in the world are we going to have two line coaches that are coaching two different positions kind of like went into that. And I saw Florida kind of does that, um, but not too many schools do that. Well, I'll hop in. I mean, I know Chad personally, um, Germer, and I, I guess I don't see an issue with it because like, I think fantasy what more so is going to focus on the tackles and the tight ends like yeah. meshing together. And I think we could see, you know, I know I'm not sure what offense piece is going to run. But I know when he was at Boise State, he did a lot of motions and stuff and used the tight ends a lot. And so that could be the reason why we're going to have that focus is 
almost like a hybrid tight end tackle position. Um, and just so they can kind of, we can have a lot of different formations would be my, my thinking. And then Chad is going to focus much more on the, the guards and centers, which we could see some more pulling out of there and stuff. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, when, when I was there, we had two defensive line coaches, one for interior and one for the DNs and sure. it worked. So um, I think it's almost nice to focus on that, especially with all the offensive line we have. So. Yeah, I think with the, the offensive line, you're going to get more specialization, which talking to the players, they really like it. And um, you're going to do, be doing things more specific for exactly where you're playing. Um, but I just wonder how they're going to put the pieces together, which coach gets the final say on exactly how things will go up front. How are they going to make everything fluid together, mm -hmm. um, you know, with all the polls and whatever other schemes you have going on up there? Because they got to be on the same on the same page yeah. um, so i just wonder how they're going to put that all together and who will get the final say but i think in terms of you know specific skills i think it'll be good for that seeing it on the field together will be a different thing but um it's becoming like you said florida does it increasingly yeah. more popular that a lot of power five schools are starting to do that um, more and more as the years go by it seems yeah, well, and this is the the communication too. You know, I'm sure they're going to be practicing with each other, but like, how how do they just integrate it and come together? Um, you know, because tight ends are way different than you know inside line, um, and how how, how you're you know the offensive line is is so pivotal on on communication and everything like that. Uh, it it just seems like, hey, if it works and they've got it down, I'm sure they've they've got some type of a. a structure down that, that it's going to work, but man, it could be one or the other, right? Well, my so, feeling is too, they're going to work together a lot. It's going to yeah. be a lot of co, you know, both Chad and, and uh, Fen, Fen working together. And the thing is too, yeah, I think those guys have been working with each other for years. Um, Bobby's first stint, Fen was the OC, and then uh, Chad was the off, you know, offensive line coach. And so there's, I'm sure I think they've always gotten along well. So I think it's going to be kind of just them working together, um, and not so much separate the practice. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so let's go down to the defensive side of the ball. You know, uh, Kent Bear and Barry Sex, uh, they leave the program. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Bradford, uh, goes from quarterbacks coach to defense coordinator and safeties. Uh, Roger Cooper goes from safeties to linebackers, uh, and that's probably more of a, a more real fit for him since he he played linebacker as well. Uh, Kim McLeod goes from the defensive analyst to the cornerbacks coach. Uh, Mike Linehan goes from D line from uh, is going to be coaching the D line. He was from San Diego State, and then uh, Tim Howe is our defensive analyst, um, which is is cool to see. Uh, there is so many, and and, and I. They're great guys, and I'm, I'm sure that just with who they are, it works. There are so many well-rounded guys in, in the coaching staff that I'm sure it works, and, you know, iron sharpens iron. But, man, like, it, in this day and age of trying to make a name for yourself, you would think that it, sometimes you're going to have some some matches where you're like, okay, I'm going to dig in, and they're going to dig in. And uh, I'm sure, you know, as a good coaching staff, you, you have those, and you kind of work through them. But – uh, it, it seems like it's coming together. It's going to be really interesting to see what this defense does because we've lost a lot of guys from last year. I wish I could talk more about the assistant coaches, but you know how the uh, how it goes at Montana. They don't really let us even talk to them, but they'll roll out full feature stories yeah. um, on the coaches. So 
to tell you a little story, like the last practice I went to, I was standing on the sideline and Peace was working with the quarterbacks and I'm just standing off to the side and he goes, I'm wearing a Princeton sweatshirt. And he goes, Hey Princeton, who the hell are you? And I'm like, Lucas, I work at the Missoulian. Like a full season had gone by and he didn't even know who I was. <laughs> that kind of goes to show the how much of a relationship we have with them. But like you mentioned, a lot of these guys have done talking to the defensive side of the ball, have done different things. They've done different roles. I think um when you're on the defense any side of the ball, you coach a certain position, but you've all played the game. You've all coached the game. Like you have to know a little bit about everything going on. Mm -hmm. uh, like Coop was the defensive coordinator at Idaho state. And yeah. now he's kind of man in that quarterback position of the defense in the, in the linebackers. And he's got uh, Levi Janicaro, a great guy to lead that group. I think that's where the defense is going to have to, you know, start this year and that linebacking uh, group right there with Levi. And cause, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but, I think the offense is going to be good this year. I think it's going to be really good, actually. The defense is going to have a lot of growing to do, so we'll see how that goes. But it's going to have to start with the vets. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm really excited for Ronnie Bradford, too. I, I think yeah. he could be a great defensive coordinator, and I, I was glad to see that that's who they promoted to that position when they decided to. So, Well, and just like, you know, not to, you know, dish on, on the coaching staff, but he's the one guy – um, that is out there on social media and, you know, is taking that effort. You know, I know um, Bryce Erickson does as well. Um, and, you know, and then the, all the other coaches kind of do their own kind of thing with, you know, posting pictures of their guys and stuff. But, uh, you know, Ronnie Bradford, Bradford really goes when he's recruiting, he goes out there and he shows pictures of himself and stuff like that, which is really cool. Kind of a new age of, of, of doing that. So it's always kind of nice to see. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, you have to, you have to, especially with you know Bobby, who's a, a bit more traditional, and people people wonder about, well, you know, are they going to get guys, and how do they keep up with schools who are facilitating social media more? And like, for example, like since I lost my job at Missoula, and people have been like, you know, your use of new media has impressed me, and getting different offers, like, how could you come here? And to me, I'm just like. I don't think anything about it. You know, I'm like on Twitter every day, just right. fun. And so I just know how to use it. But that's a thing that everyone is just so interested in. Like, and it actually makes a difference, weirdly enough to say, if a coach is going to use Twitter or something in recruiting, well, the kids like to see themselves and hear about themselves. And oh, yeah. it's just the way it goes. So um, I think it's important to have a guy like that at the head of it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and after the spring game, guys, we, we, we find out that uh, some players are leaving. You know, this usually happens. It's nothing out of the ordinary, but um, just kind of like who was uh, leaving kind of shocked me. Uh, Jacob McGorn uh, has retired from football. I know that in one of the practices, I think he, he tore up his knee. Yeah, uh, I heard he wasn't going to be back maybe halfway through the season. And I, I think he just that's why he called it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, law school, you know, if these guys already have their degrees, you know, why, you know, spend another you yeah. know, six, eight months here when they can start their, their lives, you know? Um, and then Camden Casper uh, leaving the team, you know, I think he had a shoulder injury. I think he actually hurt that when he was at billing central and it's still giving him trouble. So he's leaving the team to do with deal with that. Um, it kind of seemed like a goodbye kind of thing. I don't know if he he will come back to the team. Um, it was kind of kind of vague, 
but you know, Lucas, do you anything, know anything about that or? I do not. That was uh, unfortunately after my time. So <laughs> okay, I've just been trying to yeah, get things together. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure uh, what to make of that. Yeah, definitely kind of out, out of the nowhere when our, our team is kind of in the need of a kicker and a punter. So um, you know, Kevin Macias is is our kicker, but. Uh, punting is going to be interest, definitely interesting to see who who is that. What's that? You said Macias, isn't? Macias? Oh, did I say Macias? Oh my god! I was like, <laughs> wish Macias, I wish we had money, Macias. Too. I know, right? Goodness <laughs> gracious! Oh man. Anyways, yeah. Because <laughs> Ramos got an extra year. Yeah. Him and uh, oh, what's his name? The big boy from Nebraska. I'm blanking. Chris Walker. Name. Walker. Thanks. There yep. you go. Walker. Yep. I um, saw him at Walmart yesterday. Just a giant dude he's a he's a massive human <laughs> yeah, crazy but they do have that freshman coming in brayton boyer um i got a story on that done coming from new jersey i don't know if he was super recruited i don't think he was super recruited at all i think the grizz were his only d1 offer huh. um and he was a late add into the class too so um but he can punt and kick so they might have um something, something for him as well so one i know they brought some other guys in there too um, and I saw Cameron Ram- Ramnison, a transfer from Rocky, and then uh, Noah Hughes. I saw him punting at the spring game, I think, and I've heard that he was from Cincinnati, but I don't know if it's like from Cincinnati, Ohio, or if it's from the University of Cincinnati. That's kind of up in the air. No one's really confirmed that, but he actually uh, played at Butler. Did he really? Um, oh. I said, I said he's going to have a revenge game. He's going to be pinning them deep here at home. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's interesting. Play play his old team. Well, hey guys, let's get into this spring game. What you guys thought? Uh, one thing that I kind of took away from it, it was it was kind of interesting um, that you had your you know your first your first team and your second team, and it, I believe that the maroon was the first team. The white is the second team. Did you guys kind of get that kind of? They picture? had some of them mixed. From my understanding, yeah. the coaches drafted a little bit, but it okay. did feel more like. Your ones were more of the maroon, and your twos were the whites. Is kind of what it felt like. Yeah, I mean, and then you know, Governor was a white, but they didn't even let him play. Yeah. So you know, well, and it would just it would have been kind of interesting to just pit your ones versus number ones and your twos versus twos because like you really want to get some work and you want to get better. Um, so that that was kind of an interesting kind of thing where I, I saw that, but. Uh, what were your guys' initial thoughts? And then we'll kind of go into it with offense and defense. I'll go first. Uh, like yeah. I said, I think the offense is going to be super good this year. Yeah. I think good luck. Um, people, you know, there's that debate, like, why do we keep bringing in guys for one year and then they're gone? And then there's the people who, you know, they want someone to stick in the program. And that's not always the case these days with the transfer portal. But um, I think Vidlak can be both. Like, he's already done that bouncing around. I don't know how much more of that he's going to want to do. Um, and so he could be the long-term option. And he's also the option for right now. And you saw in the spring game, he puts the ball where nobody else but his receivers can get it. Um, that first – and knowing, you know, the stakes, like everyone's watching him, he's, he's the projected number one. His first – drive was a little shaky had some big overthrows mm-hmm. um, and then after that it was just money the rest of the way i think he only had i don't want to say something wrong but like three or four incomplete passes on yeah the, he was throwing it. dimes after that first drive yeah. yeah and they didn't even play you know junior 
and Nick Osmo and Cole Grossman and like their best weapons yeah. didn't see the field. And granted, they're playing against a defense like a will transition into that's going to need some help this season and someone to step up in a big way. And when we do the position breakdowns, we'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, that's my initial thought. Offense, really good. Defense, not very good. Yeah, definitely. Luke, what do you think, man? Yeah, I, I agree. I was I was really pleased with Xavier Harris and just watched him run. It feels like he's gotten a lot stronger and stuff. And if he can stay healthy, I mean, we have a pile of running backs. Yeah. Like Lucas just said, Osmo didn't even play. Yeah. And uh, Gilman looked good. Harris looked really good. And then on the other side of the ball, Childs looked, I thought, really good too. So, I mean, just yeah. that gives me confidence and all the offensive linemen that we have. Um, I was trying to watch to see how Cannon did. I think that the new the new big Pan, boy Pan, Panfalov or what yeah was. yeah I didn't I I didn't the cover because I watched the YouTube I didn't get to watch it live and so <laughs> I, I didn't get to see a ton of him but I, I'm very excited about our offensive line and I mean hearing Bobby talk he's really confident in him and it's it's nice to see all these big guys and I was just looking down the roster we have a lot of young guys that are big guys too and so yeah. it feels like we finally have some beef up there but. Like Luke was saying, my biggest concern is the defense. Yeah. Um, the one guy that we didn't get to see play that I really think is going to be a big impact player is this Riley Wilson. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of good things out of him. He didn't play, but I'm like, I think they said Bobby said he's one of the best linebackers he's seen in a while, which is huge coming from him. Considering yeah. the linebackers that we have, I mean, Janet Caro was still all over the field in the in the spring game. So um, yeah. I, I still am. Just be, just being a former defensive guy, I'm still optimistic that we'll do well. But there, we definitely need some more help there. Um, I think we're going to have to try to find a few more transfers in the off season and stuff. So, yeah, let's go uh, in the offense and uh, kind of go through uh, position by position. Uh, like you guys said, QB, you know, Sam did like was amazing. You know, the first initial couple drives overthrowing, but I, I like to see. I'd rather him overthrow than underthrow. At least he's trying to lead his guys. And so um, that's what I love about Sam is that he was leading his guys. It, he was putting balls where if his guy couldn't get it, no one else could. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I think we've had some um, quarterbacks in the, the past that e- either it was right there or it was behind or it just wasn't as smooth. Um, and he seemed like – he, I wish he would have started here, right? He committed and then kind of went to Oregon State, and I totally get the guy, you know, wanting to be close to home and then going to Boise State and just wanting to be able to find a home. Uh, I'm glad he came back to us. But uh, you go from there, you go to Chris Brown, which I think he felt – it looked like he felt a little bit more comfortable in what they were doing. I, I feel bad for him because I think he's got a, a tremendous talent. He's just I, – I don't – believe he's been used the right way in the play schemes um and then after that you kind of drop off and you you really didn't really see uh aj abbott i don't really think you really saw what he could do they're kind of using him as more of a running quarterback um which from all purposes he broke what andrew luck's passing or touchdowns i think we didn't really see him pass um and then you know you've just got young guys after that and more young guys coming in uh what were your guys' thoughts on the QB position and where do you think we go from here? Yeah, I don't want to, you know, really make comparisons. They're just college guys. But, like, I thought the world of Lucas Johnson last year, um, and I think he ended up 
just through the injuries and the, the Idaho game starting everything, yeah. just ended up almost getting the yips and like mm-hmm. he couldn't get out of it. Super talented guy, but I like he wasn't necessarily a quarterback in my eyes. You look at Vidlak, he's a quarterback. He's right, got yeah. a huge arm. He he can and he's smaller than they say he is. Like they list him at five eleven. He is not five eleven. <laughs> <laughs> But he's got a huge arm, and he his vision over the field is so good. I saw, like with Lucas a few times last year, granted he gave you a better you know, running option if things broke yeah. down. Right. But um, sometimes he'd telegraph those passes, and it led to a few. Like, again, I'd go back to Idaho because that game just yeah. stands up to me, the final yeah. two drives, two interceptions. Yeah. But everyone in the stadium knew where he was throwing the ball. Right. With Vidlak, I don't think you see any of that. He's a real quarterback, really good. Um, getting into Chris Brown, you said it, and I, it's a very unpopular opinion, it seems like, at least as far as social media goes, but I think he's super talented. I think he's yeah. got a huge arm. I think he's a strong runner. He's a big dude. Like, he's just a good athlete. Part of it is not being in the right schemes for his talent. I think part of it as well is um, – not using his, not knowing how to use his talent yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to the Sacramento State game last year, where he had to come in, he'd scramble out, and there would be 15 yards of green in front of him, and he'd run off out, out of the, out of bounds, or he'd dump off a little five yard pass, like a, you know, just a check down pass, and yeah. um, like, I'm not sure that he's there IQ wise to see the field and know what to do and how to use his abilities. And the clock's definitely ticking on it, but um, I think with some right coaching, he could be a great number two option. When you, you say uh, with Sam, too, uh, he doesn't have the running ability, but his footwork, man, uh, from, you know, it was blurry. I, Luke, I was just like, you know, as you're watching the YouTube footage, um, but his ability to step up into the pocket the right way to find where he, he can buy himself some time really did a couple of those passes. I think his first pass, he stepped up into the pocket and threw it to, I believe it was uh, Kellen White, uh, if, if I'm mistaken. Sorry about that. But uh, just able to, to make those right moves. Uh, totally agree with, with you on that. Um, but after that, you know, we need two quarterbacks. We haven't had a co- quarterback uh, go the full season since, I believe, Jordan Johnson in, I believe, like 2011. Yeah. Um, so it's been <laughs> 10 years plus that we've had a quarterback be able to stay healthy. Um, so we've got to have a, a proficient number two. And I think if this is what we're going to be going into, like with what we've seen, you know, we can't, you, you can't look at that game and say, Oh, this is what we're going to be. They're not going to show you anything during that spring game. If, if you believe that, then that's just nuts. Um, they're not going to show you anything. They're not going to show you what we're going to be running. Uh, but they did show you a couple different things. I liked how they used the screen passes and where they're pulling some of the guards there as well. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of that. Um, so I think that that could be really well for Chris Brown is where he's getting those fast passes off to his playmakers where we, we I think Luke and I have been saying that forever. Uh, just get your balls to the playmakers and let them have, let them do their thing. Um, I think he would be a good number two guy. Um, I preferably don't think you need to go in the transfer portal and get a quarterback because then you're just taking another spot where you could go get another defensive lineman or a cornerback where I think those are the 
positions where I think we'll get into it, but those are the needed spots where I think we need to go. Uh, Luke, what are your thoughts, man? Well, I just, I, I think with, with Pease running the offense, he, yeah. he, he is traditionally a more, you know, the traditional quarterback offense, which uh, is advantageous to Vidlack and Chris Brown. Yep. In fact, I thought Chris threw some good balls in mm-hmm. the spring game and stuff and didn't look terrible. Like Lucas said, he's a big guy. Like, I just think you need the right scheme, and I think Pease can find that for him. The biggest – one of the biggest things that I was really surprised at, though, was the fact that they were letting him hit the quarterback, um, <laughs> especially with Pease being the offensive coordinator. When I was in – this was 20-some years ago when Pease was a coach there last time, I was at – high school camp and I got thrown out of camp because I hit the quarterback Pease threw me out of camp. Really? Yeah. And he let me back in later that after that scrimmage, but I was not allowed to even touch the quarterback anymore. And so I was just like the fact that they, I know Bobby wants to, you know, iron sharpens iron, but oh, with like you were saying, we can't seem to get through a season without a quarterback getting hurt. Why even risk it? And that one pass that Vidlak got hit, his arm was like all up and got jacked. And I was like, Oh no. Yeah. But I know that I hadn't heard anything, so I was like, okay, he must be okay. Yeah. Um, but still, even why risk it? So, because yeah. Gino you know, Leonard, the tangibles, he steps up. He was constantly looking downfield at his options and stuff. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's all the stuff I want to see. So, why even risk it and not get hurt? So, yeah. Bobby's thing after the game, he was saying that they don't usually do it. But the reason he wanted to this year is because they have a bunch of dudes who just, haven't really gotten live reps in a long time. Like yeah. Sam's been bouncing around because he hasn't played anywhere he's gone. Sure. Chris had ample amount of opportunity last yeah. year, but you know, then he lost his job um, and he ended up becoming a third stringer. And then. Well, and Hewitt and Abbott just played scout team basically last year. So right. yeah. he said they need to know they have to have a sense of their timing and seeing the field and all those things. And so from that perspective, it made sense, but he kind of had a harsh attitude about it. I know you said when Gino Leonard, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. he got asked about that in the press conference and he was just like, they, they asked him, what were your thoughts on that? And he was like, Stop them! Don't let them score. Like he <laughs> That's Bobby. Stop. Yeah, stop. Yeah. Them. Don't let them. Yeah. Oh my god. I did like how they let Chris Brown finish that drive though at the end of the half instead of just cutting it. They're like, okay, let's see how this goes. And yeah. you know, so I, I was glad that they did that. And that's one nice thing about spring is that you can actually get those looks and stuff. So exactly. Exactly. Uh let's go to the offensive line. You know, ever since you know Bobby's come back, uh, and even probably well before that, uh the offensive line is been where we've been waiting, right? We've been waiting for it to catch up. Um, we've, you know, when Bobby came back the first time or this last time, that's where he said, you know, we need to recruit better. Um, we've had some lulls, I believe. That's just my opinion, where I think we lost out on guys and we didn't have any backup plans where, you know, I believe last year's recruiting class we only had one or two offensive line not this come this one coming in uh this one coming in we've had like four i believe four or five which i was really excited about because some of the guys that they got were they're, they're coming in and they're six six three hundred or yeah. big guys which that's awesome we don't we can kind of develop them and kind of throw them in right away uh but honestly you know and i know this is probably not going to be a a popular thing but i i don't know what we have still you know we had we had a good line last year but if you look at 
the rest of the big sky was it top four uh and so you know we did really well we're with mediocre teams but when we played the best teams we didn't do very well um and so i'm kind of wishy-washy with that i'm kind of like wait and kind of see to see what our offensive line looks like i think they've grown tremendously um i just think we have to start developing our offensive line because if we don't we we can't have an offensive line where three-fifths of the offensive line is from the transfer portal and you know you look at our our offensive line you have chris walker you have mcginnis you have uh forbes all those guys are are transfers you know the only guys that we have that are legit recruited are grimsford and and casey and even those guys you know i think they got lucky into the situation where um we kind of had to right <laughs> and, and and bobby doesn't like to play freshman and so i think he was they were thrown into that um position what are your guys' thoughts on that my opinion is i think our line is going to be tremendously much better this year yeah uh just i mean that's that unit has to work together and just getting this much more time and stuff together to work together and yeah. Again, we talked about having the dual coaching. I think it's going to be a good thing. It's going to bring them together. I think Fenn and Chad work well together. Um, and then just and bringing in guys like Cannon, who started for Utah Tech. I mean, yeah. Utah Tech wasn't great, but still just having that competition. Bobby loves that, and it breeds that, you know, that drive and stuff. And so I just – I think – I think we're going to have a great offensive line. And then the young kids below them, we're not recruiting these 6'3", 240 guys. These yeah. guys are big guys that we can develop and stuff. And that's what I'm really hoping for is see more development so we don't have to constantly go to the transfer portal. But this is a transfer portal college. I mean, you know, that's part of football now. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm really glad, though, that Walker was able to come back because – I saw shades last year of him getting being really good, and I think just one more year is going to really benefit us. Well, and just with Liam Brown too, you've got another guy that has played some time too. And I, just to mention, I, I I'm not saying they're not going to be good. It just I I'm kind of out on it. Just to, I want to make sure that they're they're playing their best and they're doing it against good teams. That they're a good line. I'm just not going to say, hey, we're going to be top of the top. Well, of I really think our offensive line and our running back core are going to be our two best cores that we have this year. oh i think so too i think that you know our running back co core is probably if not the best in the, the big sky yeah but yeah my thoughts on the o-line i think the biggest thing about an offensive line is you know all those dudes are like any any school you look at for the most part at least in the big sky it's like six four six five six six yeah pounds. like there's not that big of a difference in size speed strength mm -hmm. For an offensive line, to me, it just comes down to seniority, like knowing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, doing it crisply, getting in the weight room, just getting bigger and stronger. I think the offensive line is going to be super good this year. Um, and it's so many seniors, like all those guys you mentioned, yeah. uh, McGinnis, Ford, mm -hmm. Walker, um, like Cody Canoose, like, and coach said too, like, this is, you know, this is the first year where it's all his guys since coming back. Yeah. And he has two, like five, starters five backup guys set in stone for the first time since he's been back that he said he feels like it's that as deep as it is right now mm -hmm. which is just just as important because those guys you know go down too so um yeah i literally think we have 10 guys that can play right yeah yeah, yeah. that's a 
good problem to have. So yeah, I think the offensive line is going to be great, but I fall into the same trap as everyone else. Like it's not a glam glamorous spot. I'm not watching them. I don't know enough about it to like, <laughs> like everyone else, you know? Like, so if there's no sacks and there's time for the quarterback and that's, that's how I'll tell you whether they're doing good or not. <laughs> I think we'll see enough of that. <clears throat> so let's go to the run, running back position, you know, probably the, uh, the biggest and the best probably uh, core right here. You, you I, I saw really great things from Harris. Uh, he looks a lot bigger. I think he gained some weight. Looks really, really good. Uh, it still didn't lose any of that quickness that he in, in those quick moves. Uh, Gilman, uh, I've been really high on him since they, they got him from Minnesota. I still don't know how he – he got out of Minnesota. I'm thankful that, you know, North Dakota kind of slighted him and, and he feels slighted by them. So, um, it, it, and then you go on to where, you know, Osmo hasn't, hasn't seen the time in, in the spring game. And then Childs kind of picked up where he left off in this, mm-hmm. the, the game last year against North Dakota state where he was cooking. Um, the one thing is, is, is yeah. Nowadays you have to have running back by, by core. I just think that where where are you going to get that time, right? How are they going to split those carries? And, and I feel like sometimes that kind of um, holds back that uh, what they can develop into. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see. And, and I could be totally wrong because North Dakota State did really well with their uh, duo of run, running backs as well. Um, I just think that they kind of worked that and they kind of had that plan in place it'd be really interesting to see what our plan is with the running backs that we have. Yeah. Not all of that, not to mention, but I mean, we talk about how he doesn't want to play freshman, but Iverson, yeah. the highest recruited ever player out of high school. Right. Is, yep. um, and I kid you not, he's like five, five. He's going <laughs> really? to be an absolute bowling ball. He's I'd like to see him play. We didn't get to see him in spring action, um, but obviously he's got, the tools, right? How small? Because yeah, he he showed he's he's there now, right? Yeah, yeah he was the only freshman yeah. there for spring ball. He graduated early, so I mean, yeah, that too. And he's got a full spring in. How advantageous that's going to be for him and getting yeah. on everyone else is just huge. Um, but there's not like I think Osmo's head and shoulders above the rest of the group. But after that, I think any one of them could play just as good as the next guy. Um, so how they break it down, I. Th- in my opinion, you know, it's just going to be the hot hand. Like last year, um, Portland State, Xavier Harris goes crazy. And then after that, he was like in the doghouse. You just like never saw him again until three or four weeks later, people wondering where he was. Um, yeah. I think it's just going to be primarily a seniority thing. Um, again, Bobby being a traditional guy, that's just how it goes. You do your pay your time and, and then you get a go at it. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably how they'll split it up. Well, I think Xavier, you know, the medical kind of thing has, has held him back. And he's kind of had the problems holding onto the ball, too. And I think that that's how you get in the doghouse real quick is if you yeah. let the ball on the ground. So that will be interesting to see as well. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I just I think I think we're lucky to have so many yeah. good running backs because, as we know, that's a position that you get dinged up. I mean, constantly. And so. The fact, and that's why I'm sure they didn't play Osmo, just because of his history of injuries and stuff. So why we we know what we have there, why even play him? So it was good to see X out there, and I I really liked what I saw from him. Everybody is high on Gilman, 
And then just seeing Childs, like you said, pick up where we left off. I, I think that they're all they all have their own, you know, individually dynamic stuff that they can do. And so we can I mean, depending on what, what the defense is giving us, because we have these weapons, Pease could go, all right, we're gonna play more X this week because he can get out outside faster, or man, their interior line sucks. Let's run Childs right up the center and Gilman and Osmo. So yeah. I just it gives us a lot of different things that we can do with the offense because of their different talents. You mentioned earlier just all the running backs having a good spring game. I know there are a few people who are saying, Oh, 10 carries for 20 yards, whatever, but they were like like for Childs, for example, I think he had eight carries for 20 yards, but those were hard-earned yards. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was bruising. It took a pile mm-hmm. to take him down, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's just and that's one of his strengths. He's a power back, so yeah. I think they had, they're all very productive. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think they uh, one of the games at the beginning of the year they ran two uh, running backs. It'd be interesting to see if they kind of do any of that where they run two running backs. I think that that would be kind of cool. To, oh, we had that see. one formation that was we never saw again with the three in the back. Yeah. Once, and it was like, showed it once, never showed it again. So <laughs> yeah. we, we could see something like that. It's like we said earlier, it's, it's going to be interesting what Pease does yeah. when it comes to fall because, I mean, we really saw just, I mean, generic stuff. This is very what guys were doing and stuff. And yeah. that's typical – you know, Bobby or any spring coach game, you're not going to see a lot because they don't want to give a lot, especially when we can go on there and watch it. You know, your competition is going to go watch what you're doing too. So they're going to yeah. keep a lot of that close to the vest. And yeah, and I asked Bobby about that too. I said, were you guys trying to break this down, you know, working on certain things each quarter or, you know, what was the game plan coming in? And he's like, ah, oh, we're just playing. So, you know, he's he's just so – he plays everything so close to the best. And well, like, Kellen White did that, said the same thing. Like, basically, well, what kind of routes were you guys working on? He's like, I, I, we're just getting open. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're just getting open running. So, it'll be interesting to see what kind what kind of things they're running this, this year. And just to see the wide – let's go into the wide receivers um, position too, and then we'll kind of go into tight ends as well because they don't play Grossman. Um, and they don't play Bergen. And so they're, they're two probably main keys to mm-hmm. their offense. They don't play. And, you know, I think really highly of Fonts. Uh, he, he's going to be ha- have a lights out uh, season this year. And then uh, Kellen White just had an, an amazing, amazing game as well. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see who they put where and how they're using these guys because there is a lot of talent. They did. They always do very well of finding the talent for the wide receiver core. Uh, that's not something that they they don't find <laughs> that they do really well with, and they've got talent coming in as well. Um, so, what did you guys think? And um, yeah, what are your thoughts? This may be a, an unpopular opinion, um, but when I, I think of like, you know, they had guys last year that everyone loved like Malik was great but was he a good wide receiver eh, I mean he was starting to get there he showed flashes of it towards the yeah. end of the year but he wasn't a great route runner yeah, you know, better return man yeah. right we all know that his primary thing was returning the ball um I you know I don't I don't work for the Missoulian anymore I <laughs> there you go <laughs> I, I didn't I was not very impressed with Mitch Roberts um, and that's the one that I think is going to be not very liked by most people, but um, he was just kind of like a possession 
um, steady hands type guy. Like he mm-hmm. wasn't going to beat you down the field. He wasn't going to beat you to the sideline. Yeah. He was just like a, a check down slant across the field here and there. To, like he was an okay receiver. And when he's, you know, one of your prized guys out there, that's probably not great. Um, but now you got dynamic guys like Junior and Fonz and Keelan, guys who can beat you with their speed, guys who can beat you off the line of scrimmage. Um, they got so many ways that they can get you. Ryan Simpson at six foot six. Yeah, he's a huge, a huge target this year, uh, literally and, and metaphorically. But, um, <laughs> you know, I just think he's, they got so many different weapons and different skill sets this year that it's going to be way more conducive to their game, especially with these. When I thought the way Bidlack was already throwing balls to these guys, like it looked like him and Simpson had been thrown together for a while already. And that guy with this height, it's like, why not take advantage? Because the big sky, our corners are not that tall across no. the big sky. So take advantage of that height. And so what I'm excited for, too, is this summer. Those guys to work closer, work more in the summertime, go throw routes with each other so they get that timing down and then watch out because we do have some, I mean, and then Grossman, too. I mean, I'm going to throw him in there with this group because even though he plays tight end, the guy is, I mean, phenomenal. He's one of these, like, Travis Kelsey type of guys where we should be getting the ball to him down the field. He's such a mismatch. Yep. And damn it, I hope we take advantage of it finally because it felt like last year we sure didn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that because – and I was talking to Coach, and this was all just, like, at practice, like, not on the record stuff. I'm like, I obviously don't know what you guys are doing this year, but, you know, I think Cole's going to be – East for you guys, don't you think? And he was like, oh, I mean, yeah, he's been blocking a lot better this spring. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. Stop. You don't want to be using him as a blocker. If you want a blocking tight end, bring in anyone else. Yeah. yeah. He should be getting a look like every time down the field. Mm-hmm. And this is, I just heard this from sources, and I'm, I'm going to say sources because I don't want to say, I don't know whether it's true or not. And I don't want to put anyone under the bus, but um, I heard that Cole was going to leave. I heard that too. And that they told him you're going to get X amount of targets per game if you stay. Oh, well. Um, I heard the same thing, actually. If so. he ends up watching this, Cole, I don't know if it's true or not. I think if that's actually what happened, they're very smart for that because he yeah. should be one of their main guys every single game. Yeah, he should be getting, right. him and Bergen should be getting multiple targets every game because of the fact there's such mismatches against these big sky defenses that are out there. They should be getting 10 targets at least a game. Yeah, a piece. Both of them. Yeah. Both of them. I think Bergen, I was, Go ahead. I think Bergen, just because of his size, he just presents as more of like a your prototypical slot guy. And you mentioned yeah. earlier in the pod, they, they were running those inside screens. They were pulling yep. the linemen and getting those inside screens. You get him on one of those, he's gone. Oh my gosh, he's, gone. Yeah. he's good for a touchdown or two a game on one of those. So I, you yeah. know, they got the pieces. You put him inside. You put Fonts and – Simpson or whoever else on the outside, Keelan, and then you got, um, you know, Cole up the middle. Just well, and I even think, yeah, a mismatch that you can have is just like run some type of formation where you have uh, Cole go out and play wide receiver, where a linebacker has to pick him up. Right. You're screwed. <laughs> you could have that every time unless they try to put a, a, a cornerback on him, then he's just going to out strength them. I always thought, and this is just a, a fun thing that I would love to see is, and, and people are going to say that, why would you throw the ball and uh, you know, the, the fourth and one or whatever, but a package where you have Simpson 
and Nick Williams, 6'6 and 6'5, where you just throw it to the end zone. That would be really cool. I think just go up and get it. Uh, where, man, we've got some big wide receivers, some big talented guys. Um, I just think that there's a lot of talent. I think hopefully with the new offense, we kind of use them better. I think Grizz Nation has been saying that for a while, where we have these playmakers. When, when are we going to use them? Because if we're not going to be using them, we're going to lose them, right? Like like kind of what you guys were saying or what you guys were hearing, uh, it almost happened. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what comes of that, how we use it. Um, and I, I totally agree with you, Lucas. Our offense is going to be our strength of, of our team this year. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me, I, for my money, I think Junior Bergen is – he could arguably be the best player in the conference. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because last year, I mean, there were games where he did not even get a single target. Right. I think there were up, I can't remember the games, but I think there was a back-to-back weeks where he had one total target. Yeah. People are like, oh, is he hurt? What's going on? No, they just didn't give him the ball. And it was it was mind-numbing. He's yeah. he's one of the best talents in the conference. He's a bigger man than I am because if I knew I was that good and wasn't getting the ball, I'm out. Yeah, we need to find ways to get him the ball because he's yeah. such a good talent. You know, one thing that was interesting listening to the uh, spring game, listening to Brady, uh, yeah, Grady Bennett, sorry, I had it backwards, uh, talk about Pease and talking about the quarterback position and the offense and getting back to the days of like Dave Dickinson and Ayat and throwing the ball around and, and having a much more dynamic offense. So, the fact that Pease is saying that, and it made it sound like Bobby was saying that too, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year with that. I mean, yeah. Pease well, is a good offensive coordinator, and we, I mean, I what he did at Boise State was awesome. So I'm hoping we get more of that, and I think that's why we had some of these guys stay because of the fact that we had this change, and they're saying, "Hey, we're going to get you the ball." Yeah, they had a cool piece on 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 Pease and just where he was at in Boise State as well, and so. If they're pushing that out there, you've got to figure that they're going to be doing something yeah. new on the offensive side of the ball if they're pushing that. Yeah, I agree. So um, let's go into defense, guys. Uh, like we said, probably uh, where we're going to be uh, not lacking, but just kind of more developing. You know, you lose um, Robbie Houck. You lose Patrick O'Connell. Patrick O'Connell. Well, now, you know, uh, Ford. You know, you've got a lot of guys that played a lot of downs of football um, and some that hopefully are going to be going and playing on Sundays, hopefully, uh, knock on wood. Uh, we, we, we've got to see the talent behind it reach to where we were, right? And it doesn't mean that we don't have the talent. Uh, it's just we have to see it. Um, and so what do you guys think about the defense? I thought – you know, Levi had a tremendous year last year. I think he's just going to continually grow off of that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with our defense. And, you know, and I'll say this for when we do the breakdowns, but there's some there's some areas on the defense that are lacking, and there's some that I think are, are going to be very, very good. And it's just going to be interesting to see what we play. Because if I think we play that 3-3-5, three, three, I, I I ultimately think that we have to because we just don't have the guys, I believe, to play anything different. Yeah, I think I don't know. Three three five is just so old. Um 
and I was wondering if maybe Ronnie would change that up, but I think this tells me who has the real call on defense, and I think it's Bobby. I think it probably was a non-negotiable that you can change the scheme. Um, I personally would have liked to see them change it up. I don't know with, with three guys on the defensive front, um, especially on a defensive front that's going to be battered this year, um, yeah. how you can make a push there. Um, yeah. So I like to see them change that. We'll see what happens. And again, they might not be showing everything, and that's that's what I wonder. They might mix up packages. Who knows? But um, I would say the three three five would. I mean, I'm also not a football coach, but I'd like to see them change it up. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that that change as well. They didn't change it for the spring game, and yeah. I knew I figured they wouldn't. Um, you know, and and Bobby said that there's. I mean, at one point he said they're going to stick with that defense, but. You know, at the same time, you've got to let your new DC have his piece in there, I think. So now, whether that's our base and we do other things off of it, I'm just, I'm not sure. I'd like to see us move to more of a traditional 4-3, but, yeah. you know, um, the good thing is, is we've got guys like Gubner coming back, but, you know, they're going to double team him every game, I think. Um, but we have people like this Riley Wilson that I'm, I have high hopes for and the linebackers we have coming back. I think our linebacking core still is going to be really good. It seems like every year we just reload there. I mean, when Dante Olson left, everybody's like, Oh gosh, Dante left. And then here comes Pat, you know, and, and well now, and just, we always have these guys that just seem to step up all the time. And Jenna Caro was just, I mean, I was impressed with what I saw with him in the spring game and stuff. So I think my biggest question is, is corner again. And, you know, just what, we had depth last year, finally, and it feels like we don't have depth again. Um, safety position, I mean, Fouch didn't play. I don't think Graves played. No. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I have high hopes for Trajan Cotton to really step up and just get that much better this year. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with all that stuff. Um, and did you guys see the the new uh, Akron uh, safety, Jackson? Did you see him play? I didn't either? see him. I, I didn't see I, him either. I didn't see him. So, so. It feels like we're keeping a lot of the defense just like close and not. I think they played a lot of young guys just to see what yeah. they had and see how they did. Yeah. Um, that one kid, and I, I don't remember his name now, the one that hit Vidlack. Gino. Um, Gino, he played well. Yeah. Like he yeah. had a good spring game and stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll just we'll see what happens. But I mean, on the D line, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, Henry Noose. I think he's going to be, I mean, he's going to have a really big year this year. I, I, he's one of my players to watch, if you will, on the defense is, is Noose. I think he could have a really big year for us. So, You mentioned Gino. It's funny. I I put out a tweet the other day about how I've been playing basketball at Steve Failer's gym. And I don't know if you guys saw that. but Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, and it ended up being Chase Reynolds. It's like I don't know anyone. I, I was playing with Gino for four months. And I heard him one day say something about, oh, at practice. And I'm like, do you play for the Grizz? And he's like, yeah, my name's Gino. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. <laughs> and then he just uh, hit sticks, Sam did back at, at practice. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, guys, let's go into, the, you know, the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, one of the areas, let's go the defensive line. Luke, you know, that's your old stomping ground. Um, you know, I think that we've got some really good guys for defensive end, you know, uh, Edwards yeah. and uh, Houston, I think is going to make that step with kind of getting used to. And then I think Noose plays a little bit of defensive end. And I think they threw him in at the 
kind of some type of uh, packages where they, he was on the defensive line on the inside or something mm-hmm. like that as well. But uh, my thing is, is they've only got Gubner there. They don't have Alfred there anymore. They have Ramos, which is, he's going to be a, a bad guy, man. He is hungry as well, but uh, I just, I don't know why they're not getting defensive in the middle. Right. right. And I understand that these guys, you know, don't grow on trees, but man, well, other, other places are getting these guys too. Um, and so, you know, I just think that you gotta, you've gotta, you've gotta search for them, right? You've gotta go after them, and you gotta search for them. I don't think that that three three five, you're, it kind of plays to the fact where you're not gonna be needing that many of them. Right. And if you know Governor gets hurt, that's that's a huge hole. Yeah, that's one place where I think we really do need to go to the transfer portal for, for yeah. is another big guy down in, down that nose technique, yeah, um, just to relieve Governor because he. That's I mean that's a position you just you can't play constantly. I mean the whole game and our defensive line the bet when we're the best is when we're rotating guys through. Yeah. Same I mean all the defense that's when we're the best you have that too deep and you can just rotate and keep guys fresh. So I, I really think that's a spot that we need to get one more is that that a big person that can help relieve Governor inside. I think our ends are good. I think yeah. we're solid there. I mean even with losing McGowan, which sucks, but you know I, I still think we've got guys that are stepping up and then there's that. New guy from UCLA, hey, Harris. Hey, yeah. Harris. He's supposed Super to be good. pretty good too. Yeah. So, um, I just think if we could get one more big guy in the middle in the off season, that would help us a lot. He was super tall. Holy cow! I saw him. I was like, "Dang, dude, I haven't signed him up to be a wide receiver." Holy cow! He's Which like, guy are you talking about? Hayden Harris. Yeah, he's he just, gigantic. Just gigantic and just super lean. I, I didn't picture him being a defensive end. I was like, "Dang, he's fast." Yeah, so, like Edwards too. Last year he got hurt a lot. If he can yeah. stay healthy, I think that that kid can really do some stuff too. So he's a I, think, I remember Bobby saying something like he he thinks Kale's the next kid who has a chance to make the league. Oh you know, well, in the room saying something like that. I remember standing next to him last year. We I had sideline passes for one of the games, and we were down there by the D line, and he was a lot taller than I thought he was on TV. I was like, damn, this kid's, and he was just in street clothes, and I was like, he's a big kid. Yeah, because he was hurt that game, so. Yeah, well, I mean, I just, go ahead, Lucas. Yeah, the D line, like you lose Gary Todd, you lose Eli Alford, like you're losing depth. And not that they had Todd for a lot of last season. He'd come yeah. back and really push it. He'd give it his all, and then yeah. you know, eventually had to call it quits. But um, it's hard. You know, now you're noticing how important they really were when you're struggling to replace them, and you got one yeah. guy. But uh, Hayden's the guy that I'm pretty excited about. He's just you. Bobby doesn't like when you ask him about a player, he'd be like, Yeah, I think he had a good spring. But like when you ask him about Hayden, he's like, Yeah, he's really fast. He's got good bend. He's like, when Bobby gets into the little intricacies, you know, he's yeah, excited maybe. about someone. So I think Hayden's going to be, and you can't come from a, you know, a power five school and, right. and not dominate at this level. Yeah, not make an impact. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. One of those things I got to go off on topic, but man, just update the, the roster like seriously like it, it drives me nuts if you want the fan base to be up to date just update the roster that's like during the during the season anytime someone's like look at the two deep i'm like it's full of lies don't trust it. <laughs> it's just lies you know? there's some fans who will message me or like did during the season they'd be like hey have you heard anything about so and so and i'm like 
I don't even know who that is. There's, there's so many guys on the team where it's yeah. like, you know, if you're like talking about third stringers, I'm not going to be able to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Well, let's go in the cornerback position, guys. I think this is the the second position on the uh, – oh, and even – I don't know. It could be even the first with defensive line. Uh, cornerbacks got hit. <laughs> You've got Corbin Walker, which uh, he's the guy, right? He's the, he's the number one guy there. Um, I, I still think he, he's got some glaring weaknesses in his game. He gets beat deep a lot. Um, and then you have Gradney, uh, who, who had some shining spots last year where he, he was finally put into some, some positions. Yeah, that, that I'm going to say his name wrong, Trevilian from Sam Houston State. Um, then Dylan uh, Simmons, who was high-profiled, went, I believe, was committed to La Tech. Uh, out of Louisiana. And then one guy that I think that we got out of a steal, I believe from Washington, that Elijah Brady, who's highly touted uh, freshman three-star, he might be needed this year as well. Um, I don't don't think Bobby's going to play a freshman, but man, if he can, if he has the talent, I think you got to play him. But uh, where we, we have to, and I want your guys' thoughts as well. I think we've got to hit the portal for some quarterbacks. Um, to, to help us because that's a glaring weakness in our defense. Yeah. I, they might have to play uh, Brady because they might yeah. not have a choice. I don't, yeah. I don't think they have a cornerback too right now. No, I really don't. I'm, Corbin I think is really good and he's going to be coming in with momentum and confidence being that guy. And he had the yeah. pick six against NDSU and like, you know, this is going to be his season, but you know, you lose, you can't make up for, yeah, you can't replace Ford. I mean, yeah, no. no, you just can't do it. And even Jaden, and he got beat most often last year because he got tested way more than anyone. You know, he was the smallest guy in the field. He's your technically your cornerback three. They they took shots at him, and for the mm-hmm. most part, I thought he held up really, really well. And it's hard to quantify that until you see it on the field. They're going to take some shots this year, um, yeah. and they're going to lose out on some deep balls. But like. Trevilian and Simmons, uh, from what I saw in the spring game, um, at least in the spring game, they were just kind of running around. They didn't see too much of an impact um, from either guy. I think if right now, like, if it were me, you got to just uh, give it to Gradney and give him a shot. You know, he's yeah. made an impact, big impact on special teams. Yeah. And, and that's how guys find their way and find their right. niche. And, you know, and, and he's been able to show that he can do it. So give him that promotion, give him a shot, see what yeah. he can do. I think that's where you have to start, at least. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't try to find one more in the portal, but yeah. I agree. I think Gradney, give him a shot and see what happens. Yeah. So, well, And they were supposed to – not supposed to. I shouldn't say supposed to, but they had a pretty good um, shot at getting Bilal Cohn, who was that transfer from mm-hmm. uh, Indiana State. ASA, yeah. Ended up going Western Michigan. Uh, he would have been great. I mean, yeah. he's an oversized cornerback, too, and would have filled a huge hole, but now you're you're left looking. So this is just a, a hypothetical. Let's say, you know, we don't get a cornerback in the uh, the portal. Could you, and, and this is just looking at our roster, you move Cotton to cornerback because he's played cornerback at, I believe, Washington State or maybe Oregon State. Oregon State. Oregon State. Yeah. He's played that position. You know, you, you take a hit at safety, but you at least you've got <laughs> a lot of guys at well, safety. We do have a lot of safeties, and that's what like one of my 14. thoughts was. We could we could see some movement there where if, yeah. if there's someone that has the speed and can 
you know, adapt to the position, then maybe we can get move some. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't move some guys just because yeah. of the number of safeties we have and the lack of corner that we have. Yeah, that's what that, that's when I was seeing that in just kind of my hypothetical. That's where I could kind of see. Uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, you know, safeties, guys. You know, you've got uh, Jackson coming in from Akron. You've got Cotton. You've got Fouch, Graves, Lee. And then, um, so so those guys we've we've seen we've seen those guys um, a lot of those I think. And do you guys know if Lee? I, I thought I had heard something that he was hurt. Is that I didn't accurate? see him. Yeah, I didn't see him. Okay, I, I'm not sure. Okay, so um, I think that the safeties is pretty well you know locked down. That I think we've got some guys that have some experience, and I think that that are really good in that position. Jackson, I'm kind of. Um, anxious to see what he can do coming from a pack or a, a high powered uh, um, team from Akron and the Mac. But uh, interesting to see what they do with those guys and to see if, how they move those guys around. So, what are your guys' thoughts on the safeties? Yeah, I'll say I'll say this: um, all those funny guys on Facebook and Twitter who say, "Oh, I think Robbie Help just got rewarded with another tackle for this tweet." Um, <laughs> They're going to find out how big of an impact he actually had. Yes, it's going to be very, very hard to replace him. And whether you think he earned all his tackles or not, he was always finishing off piles. He was always sticking guys and holding them up, and um, like he just left it all out on the field. Yeah, every time he took his shot, um, he was a great guy too. Like it just bothers me when people say that kind of stuff because, in my opinion, the one season I saw. He earned it. He is a hard, hard worker. And yeah, he works his he ass was, off. And he hits like his uncle did. Is yes, and he was so. he was in on every play. He was mm-hmm. in on every play. So yeah, you're going to get a half tackle or an assist when you're you're on the pile every time. There was just, you know, it was. He laid it all out there. That's all you yeah. can say. That's what I think we're going to miss the most is that guy that's flying from sideline to sideline. And just in his hiked up pants, just smoking people. I mean, <laughs> he, he played so hard all the time, yeah. um, and that's that's a that's going to be a big miss for us this year because it's hard to replace that. But yeah. I will say he was. I'll admit he was pretty bad in coverage. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People took their shots, and against NDSU, it was. Um, I don't know if you remember. I think this is like now that we're talking about him. I think of this, and I think it changed the whole aspect of the game like the whole momentum shift and but there was one play it was right over the middle it was like a fourth down or a, a deep like third or catch a that he did right and he's up here like this and the yeah. guy just high points him rips yeah. it down first down they end up getting the touchdown i think that changed everything oh yeah that was the huge momentum switch right there yeah yeah, yeah. i'm just that's kind of a little tangent. I'm not sitting here to rip on Robbie. Like well, I said. no, because at the same time, Robbie during that Eastern game, the playoff game from not last year but two years ago, yep. when he smoked what's his face. I mean, that changed the. You know, they, they had that called the penalty, and then it was not a penalty, but that changed the momentum. I mean, that's yep. the way he hit guys and stuff. He could get that defense fired up just from throwing throwing his body at reckless abandonment across the field. So, right. you know, for for every, I mean lack he had in the uh, passing game he made up for it tenfold in the run game right yeah. i think i think graves this last year though you'll see a little bit of a boost you're not going to get as good of a tackler as hard as a hitter but he was pretty solid in coverage mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. was times where they matched him up he ended up in one-on-one situations with guys downfield and held his own um 
particularly, I think I recall, I think it was the Weber State game where he had a couple um, pass breakups. Could be the wrong game, I'm trying to think. But um, he he showed that he can defend in space. Um, yeah. And Nash Fouch is an incredible hitter. I think he'll fill those shoes for Robbie. Um, they got a lot of guys there. I'm interested to see what uh, Jackson Jr. can do. Yeah. I think they'll be good. But my whole thing is that it's, again, hard to quantify. You won't be able to tell until the season starts. But it's going to be nearly impossible to place a guy like Robbie. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be really interesting to see. I don't know about you guys, but our, our, our schedule is going to play into – how good we're going to be too, because it's going to, it's going to look like we're better than probably we are right off the bat because our, our first five games, we're going to be favored by big time. I hope uh, so. It's I, will, I would hope so too. It's going to uh, build their confidence is what it's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't lose a division two team because if we do, man, that's going to be bad news. So, uh, but you know, linebacking crew, you know, linebacker, you, you know, Luke, you've said it too. I've heard it as well. Riley Wilson's going to surprise some people. Uh, Levi Janicaro, Braxton Hill. You got Flink, Terrell, Croy, Rosted. They, they've got all these guys that have seen some type of action either on special teams or or they've gotten introduced. Like Janicaro had a huge role last year, which I think he kind of blossomed in where I think yeah. he's going to even take a bigger role this year. Um, you know, Braxton, I hope he can take another step this year and stay healthy. Uh, I think that he kind of uh, was that piece that we were missing throughout the year last year, where I think he kind of solidified that linebacker crew there. We've got some great linebackers, and it does, like Luke, you said, it, it feels like we just continued to just next man up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do we – what do you guys think will be our, our starting three linebackers? And um, – could we be, you know, seeing some type of formations where we see maybe an Edwards or a Hayden Harris be a part of the linebacker crew um, where they drop drop a guy back and have four? Well, that's where I think we might see is that that edge position mm-hmm. linebacker that they have. Where yep. We might see Edwards out there or some of these defense DNs put out there where it's yep. almost like a 4-3. I could see us running some more of that. But, I mean, as far as the starting three, I think you're going to have Wilson, Flink, and Jana Caro as your starting three, is, is my opinion at the moment. Okay. And then that fourth kind of hybrid DN, I'm not 100% sure on what we'll do there. Like I said, it could be some of these DNs or some of the other linebackers rotating in there. So, Okay. I'm really excited on Wilson. Like, I've heard nothing yeah. but good things on that kid. Yeah, and I think uh, I agree with Levi and with um, – who is the other – oh, and Terrell. I think that they'll pro- – or Riley and Levi, sorry. Yeah. Um, I think they'll probably have Braxton as their, in there as, as the third starter. Yeah, Hill, sorry. I've, I've, yeah. I've, yeah, there you go, Hill. I forget about Hill, too, yeah. We have this rotation that's just going to be – Exactly. You roll in guys like Frank yeah. and Terrell, and it's, I mean, they got a really good linebacking crew again. But once again, they, ha- you know, I see why people say last year was a disappointment. You know, me being here for my first year and knowing the history, like, I didn't think eight and five was bad. Like, it was a good season, went to second round, lost to the, uh, like, the runner up. It's, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But I know people expect more. But now I, now I can see how it was a disappointment because, you lose Justin Ford, you lose the big sky's all-time leading tackler, then you lose Pat O'Connell, another NFL type player. Like you yeah. just these guys don't grow on trees. They had a really special defense that didn't live up to, I guess, expectation. Yeah. Well, the defense was incredible, but the team yeah. was kind of yeah. uh, 
living up to expectations because like I'm saying, they have a really good linebacking crew, but it just won't be as good as it was last year. Yeah. Well, we've been saying that for, you know, a couple of years now is where the defense is playing at, you know, carrying the team and, and, and it's nothing against the offense, but that they have, there's been times where I think our defense scores more, more points than our offense does. And if we're not scoring on defense and not scoring on special teams, our offense has a hard time putting points up on the board. And we saw that a little bit better last year, but the year before we, we were dependent on a, a score from the defense and a special team score. And if we're not, we're, we're going to be pressed to, to find some points. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to have long offensive drives sustained where <laughs> defense can just rest? Yeah. I mean, that would be, and that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what we're talking yeah. The offensive line is really good. Our running back core is good. Yep. It looks like Vidlack's the guy. I mean, it, he, he looks the part. Yep. So I'm thinking, okay, if we can get this offense where the offense is on the field and get our defense rest, watch out. I and mean, we still have a lot of talent on defense. And if they're not on the field all the damn time, yep. well, then, you know, that could really show us some stuff. And like you said, the first five games, we should kick the crap out of all those teams. We should. And I'm yeah. hoping that – we stay healthy. It builds the confidence, and then we roll into those other games and just keep dominating. So you make a good point. Like pound for pound, is the defense as good as it was last year? No, no. But situationally, they could be just as effective because yep. you know, you're going to have an offense that's going to be able to answer for you and, and give you some you know, some insurance, and you're mm-hmm. going to be able to rest and uh, play a little more carefree, not knowing that the game's in your hands. Right. 50% of the time. So, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they could be good this year. It's just going to s- depend on who steps into key roles because there's glaring holes right now, but only time will tell. Well, and one of the guys that I haven't heard from the Iowa transfer, Wyatt Wagner or whatever, he was a big linebacker as well. Um, haven't really heard too much about him. Um, we'll, we'll see, you know, he's, I think he's a red shirt sophomore, so he's got some years to kind of develop and stuff like that too, but interesting to see what, what happens there. You know, one thing guys, that's going to be play a, a, a huge role this year is just getting our special teams up to snuff, uh, you know, losing a, a Patrick Rohrbach, uh, a best punter in the, the whole league it, it is going to hurt us, right? We, we, really relied on him a lot to pin the other team back and let our defense go after them. Um, and so that I could see as a huge thing that happens this year is trying to find a punter that will, will give us, because honestly, you're not going to find a punter. Yeah. We, we, we've gotten, we've and gotten and two punters. And we have lightning strike three times in a row. Yeah. I, I, the FCS punter of the year twice in a row now. And they're yeah. gone. So I don't so, think I that. I will that, say this too. I will say this. You should not need an elite punter. Right. Yeah. Just, right. If, if your punter is one of your best players, you're in trouble. <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. Like, they just need a guy who can angle it out of bounds, drop them yeah. near the 20. Like, you're yeah, going to have a good offense. Catch the snaps, too. Catch the snap and get it off. That's what we right. need. But you're, you just – it's not a – I mean, again, I've never done it, so I don't really know. But by the eye test, it's not a very difficult job. Catch the ball, kick it, and let the defense come on. Like, don't do anything stupid. Right, exactly. You just <laughs> – you're asked to do one thing, and you got to do it. You know, you don't need someone elite when you're going to have an offense. Yeah. 
Okay, I've actually punted a ball. It's actually harder than it looks. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to, Lightning's going to strike three times. Um, I, I hope we don't have to have an amazing punter, but I, I do think that, um, I think Pybel has been putting the work in. I saw him uh, on his Instagram or whatever, putting some work in at, at an elite camp, working on special teams and everything like that. So that's good to see. Um, I think that we've got to get better. And I think we got better throughout the year at the end of the year with our, our field goal kicking, but we, we can't leave points on the board, especially with our defense, the way it is, we can't leave points on the board or, or off the board as the way it is um, this year. So, um, you know, guys, biggest takeaways, you know, going from spe uh, special teams, the biggest takeaways, uh, hitting the transfer portal. You, we've probably seen this. Do you guys think we need a punter out of the transfer portal? No. No? Lucas, no? No. Okay. Cornerback. Again, I'm going back to it. I just think if you're bringing in another punter, you're just yeah. wasting a roster spot. Yep. That's, I agree. Well, yeah, we don't need to waste that roster spot. So. Yep. Cornerback. Yes. Yes. So I, I think you got to bring at least two. That would be nice to have two in. Um, you know, if you get one, you kind of solidify that other spot on the other side. Um, but I think two, you'd feel a lot, lot more comfortable going into the season. It, it feels to me like for the transfer portal from now until you know, beginning of season, it's all defense. Yeah. I feel like we're set on offense. Like I don't think yeah. we look there at all for trans. I mean, I know some people are going to be like, well, we need another quarterback. I think no. Brown in yeah. Pisa's system will be fine. Yeah. Um, that's my that's my opinion, but uh, and I still we still haven't seen what Abbott or Hewitt can really do, but I, I think Brown as a junior will be fine in Pisa's system, and Vidlack is the guy. So where where we really need help is the defense. I, yeah. I will say people hit the people hit the panic button too fast. I think mm -hmm. especially last year, and it's mainly just social media, but people yeah. go crazy on there. And, yeah. I mean, it's Abbott was at Oregon. Yeah, he broke records in high school. Like he's these guys have time. Bobby doesn't like, and we've talked about it how many times on this podcast tonight, but Bobby doesn't like to yeah. you know, roll guys into the fire. You just have to pay your dues in the system and work your way up. I think they have guys who are more than capable. And surprisingly, Hewitt, too, I thought maybe they would do a position change with him because he's just a great athlete. Right. But yeah. he looked really good. Am I competent at, <laughs> under center? So I yeah. think he yeah. could even be you know, an option someday down the road. And his, his throwing mechanics are just so smooth, too, as well. So, um, you know, and I, you know, Luke, you, I had this on there to, to kind of go over because I've been hearing QB. I, like, I don't think you need to. You know, our, our biggest issue is not being able to develop a QB. You know, we always go into the transfer portal. By doing that, you're just making things worse, I believe, further down the road. Don't use a, a spot on your roster for a QB. Go get a cornerback or a defensive line because, you know, the three three five, we have 14 safeties on the roster right now. Yeah. 14. You know, I don't I, – that, that's a ridiculous amount. Percentage-wise, based off of your team, that, that's, a, that's a huge – that's a huge – for one position, you know. Yeah. Um, and so – Knowing that you know you need some you need some nose tackles on that defensive line, you've got to help that. You've got to help that area out because if you don't, you saw it last year with Governor getting hurt. You saw yeah. Alfred get, get hurt, and then and you Todd. know, yeah, and Todd and, and Todd, yeah, 
And so, you know, we, we have to have to help those guys out. And I just think that also, if you don't get another guy, Gubner's a rare talent. Like, I, yeah. I don't think he gets the credit that I think he should deserve. Like, he, he is a beast. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets the credit from the other coaches. They oh, all yeah. say after the game. I mean, every yeah. team, like every time they got the, the coach from their team in that press conference, he's up there talking about Gubner yeah. and how he's the real deal. So that's why I think he's just going to get nothing but double teams this year. I mean, yeah. I mean they're all going to just throw two guys on him, which should free our linebackers up. Yep. So, and I want to say one more thing, transitioning back to the offense. I think – Adam, you said something about it just a little bit ago here, but um, people are going to say, like, and Bobby even says it, it's the nature of college football. You know, quarterbacks are on the market, like a quarterback that can come in and start right away. But at the same time, you think about the spot that you're in, and this is to say, I didn't really have an answer earlier. I don't think they should bring in a quarterback in the portal um, because they have all their quarterbacks right now are young and can stay with the program. And if you continue to bring in now with who you have there, you're going to bring in a guy and start him over him right away. You're not showing any faith in your guys. Uh, You're just kind of, you're kind of showing them that in a way that they're not worth the investment or the time. Someone can just walk in and take that starting job. Um, Any of them can earn it and work into it. They're all, it's a young group. There's no, there would be no reason to bring in a quarterback. Yeah. Well, and that, I think that, that, uh, I, I don't know where I heard it, but, uh, P's kind of mentioned it, you know, getting back to developing the quarterback yeah. position. Um, you know, you know, Rosenbach, you know, I, I think he's a great coach. I think that it, we did not develop. I, if you look at all the, co- the the quarterbacks that they brought in, did any of those guys get better or did they just stay the same? Like, I, I don't I don't see any development of the guys that that got better. Well, and so many of them were just one year done, you know, it was yeah. like you come in you yeah. know, like a hired gunslinger kind of where yeah. that's where I think Vidlack kind of is different. We were saying earlier, he did his jumping around already. He's just a sophomore. I mean, he, we could have three years of this guy. So that's, that's awesome. huge. I mean, so we can develop him and then that's why I don't think we need anybody else. We can develop these guys underneath him, like the Ayats, the Hewitts, yep. the, you know, Abbots. I mean, we got lots of talent there. So yep. All right. you think about, you know, a senior Vidlack, in this system for three years playing with guys he's been playing with like yeah he's got a good grip on it already it's it's just something you have to trust the process with agreed exactly exactly uh guys realistic win loss you know going into the season next year uh, i know this is way way too early but you know your your predictions of where we're going to be at let me pull up the schedule here quick. I know I said something on Twitter about this before, but my math is bad. That's, That's what I, I do right now. Just break up the schedule. <laughs> Where I had the wrong amount of games. I think originally I had said I think I see two losses on that. Okay. Um, I'm going to look it up. I I don't want to say it, but I think they're going to lose uh, to MSU. I think they're going to lose to Idaho. Those two are for sure. Yeah. Right now. Uh, uh, UC Davis will be a good game. Um, yeah, I'm going to say I see two losses on there, and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games. I'm going to say nine and two. Well, and then that Ferris State doesn't count, right? So it's a, a Division two. So Ferris State, you have to take that one out because I don't think it counts in our record. 
I think it counts on the record. I don't well, think it, it counts as a record. Right. It just doesn't oh, okay. come into the playoff bid. Okay. I always yeah. like look at that. It's like that shouldn't count, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> um, Luke, what do you think, man? So I'm sitting at nine and two as well. Um, I don't think we're going to lose to the Cats at home. Just there you go. There I can't go. say it. But the one that I, <laughs> one team that I don't I don't know about uh, with my buddy Andy Thompson as head coach yes. now. I don't know what they're going to be like Sac State. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're going to look like. They could be good. They could be terrible. I just I just don't know with them. Um, Idaho. I'm going to say it. I think they have the best chance of winning the conference this year. Yeah, um, they're bringing like a lot of people. They've totally flipped their program and stuff. So that game is one too that that's that's one that scares me. I think one the most. Um, and then Davis is another one. What Davis team we're going to get? Last year they brought South Dakota State to the brink back in Brookings, and then so I that's and we're at Davis. Yeah, so, at Davis at Moscow. Those are. But I, I really think nine and two is where we're going to be. I'm just not sure. What the losses are? I mean, Idaho, maybe Davis. I don't. I don't think Sac State. I mean, Sac State lost both of their quarterbacks. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then UC Davis, you loses uh, Elonzo Gilliam, who was their Gilliam. Mm-hmm. world running back. Yeah. Uh, he literally was like everything for them. Yeah. yeah, they do bring back their quarterback with uh, UC Davis, and uh, Sac State also did get a transfer uh, quarterback camp. Uh, we played him. I think it was from South Dakota. So, yeah. If I take my maroon glasses off, our two biggest games are Idaho and Montana State. Our two yeah. technical rivalry games, and we only have one rival. But Little Brownstein and the Brawl of the Wild are going to be the two biggest games. The rest of them we should win. So, yeah, I think you know you depending on how Sac State is. You know, I, I don't think we lose to them four times in a row. Well, and we get them at home, too. So. And we get them at home. I don't think we're going to lose to them. Um, it'll be interesting this, you know, Idaho, going to Idaho, playing that team. They, You know, Coach Eck has got that team rolling. Uh, I think they're only going to get better. And plus with, uh, I think they bring back their two top receiving studs, Hayden Hatton and the other guy. Um, UC Davis just going to California in that trip. Um, they they play some hard nosed defense. They and, and and hey, they might have a running back that they kind of reload. Um, I don't know. I, I think that we're we're looking at more nine and two. Um, if we're eight and three, I think that that's that could be on the bubble. Of, I, agree. Of a playoff. I agree because of that. Dang that Ferris Ferris State game. If we're, if we're eight and three, yeah. we're we're a question mark for the playoffs. So we yeah. need to be nine and two. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned the California trip being hard on the team. You should tell how hard it was for us reporters. <laughs> they, have, they have it nice and easy with the, the charter. I was I was on a flight to Seattle and then a Seattle, <laughs> you know, red-eye Seattle flight to Sacramento. We didn't get in until uh, midnight. Same thing on the way back home. That trip uh, was hell for us. That's brutal. That is. <laughs> I was glad to be there, but it was draining. Oh, I bet, I bet. You know, you know, players, you know, that got your attention, guys. Um, you know, mine, Hayden Harris got my attention, the UCLA defensive end um, on the defensive side. Sam, Vidlak, and then, you know, uh, Fonts and, and Killing White, and then Harris got my attention. Those were my, my, my players that kind of caught my eye. Any of them different than what I said, or you guys got any that uh, caught your eye? No, I, I saw someone on – 
Twitter was saying, you know, asking you what the top five was going to yeah, be. Yeah, and we'll Why? go into that. Yeah, so, yep. Is that what we're doing right now? or is that No, no, no. I was just going to see what, which ones oh. kind of caught your eye, and then we'll go to the fan questions at the end. Okay, for me, yeah, Harris, uh, Vidlak, um, uh, Janet Kerr on the defense. He he really, I mean, I kept noticing him. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you, there's nothing new on my end. You guys kind of yeah. hit yeah. the big ones. Uh, the top five is going to be tough, but we'll get into that. I still got some time here. Yeah. So, you know, before we go into, you know, the uh, the fan questions, but the indoor practice facility, what do you guys think? You know, they, they the dirt work, had, I believe, started April 10th. Um, by all reports, I think that they, they're wanting to get it done by November to maybe hopefully be in and be working towards a playoff game. Um, you know, my thoughts are I wish it could be a permanent structure um, just because that bubble – I, and I, I asked uh, Hanson this, um, like, I, I don't know the weight of how much that can hold. I know Missoula gets some pretty wet snow. Um, I know that we had a, and this is not the same thing, but we had a bubble where I went to college and it was a tennis bubble and, and it collapsed because of the weight of the snow that we got. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see. We, we used to have a tennis bubble in Missoula years ago. Yeah. Yeah, for a long time, and it okay held up fine. So fine, okay. Yeah, just I, I wish the you know, and I think that the the neighbors down the road, I think they'll probably try to outdo us and probably get a permanent um, building just to kind of do that. But I think that the, they're working towards that. The NDSU forty fifty million dollar facility, just oh my gosh, that's going to be an amazing facility. Uh, I just wish wish it was more permanent. Maybe that they they start small and they, and they build you know, more something permanent in the, the future. I don't know what that's going to well, look like. The thing is with what they're doing at the end there, we have like that permanent structure on the end and the yeah. bubble attaches to it. So with that, I mean, eventually we could go up to some kind of permanent structure over where the bubble is. So I'm just glad yeah. that we we're going to have something because we yeah. need something. And not just for um, Grizz football, but like think about softball this year. Yeah. All this snow we got. I mean, yeah. those girls could play in there and stuff. And there's so many other things that'll soccer. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that yeah. will it will be an advantage too. So we need to get it done sooner rather than later. And I, I mean, I hope they can get it done by November. I, yeah, I think it's important, especially too. Like when I was at Pro Day, I was sending a video to my friend back home, and he's like, "Are they seriously doing that outside right now? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have it. They don't have an indoor facility. It's 30 degrees, and they're trying to run their 40." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I know." And a couple days later, they announced that their the facility's breaking, you know, breaking ground in the facility. And I sent it to him, and he's like, "Ironic timing." But yeah, I think it'll be good for aside from just you know football practice, being able to do events like that and all the other sports, being able to benefit from them. Um, yeah, it'll be good for them in the arms race of just you never know if they're going to yeah. move up conferences or not. I know yeah. it's been talked about for decades, but. Yeah, right. Like, though it, it's a, it's an arms race. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It was a great metaphor. It is. It's an arm rate, arms yeah. race. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Well, let's get into the fan question. You know, we had a fan question, um, basically saying the top five players. Uh, Luke, do you want to go first on your top five, or do you need some time? And who wants I, to I've go got first? mine ready if you want. Okay. Go well, ahead. This is top five, so I can make in the meantime. Are we talking? So, like, well, he so, said top top five Grizz to watch this season. Yep. 
So it doesn't have to be like the five best players, just your top five to watch out for. So, so let, let me let me give a shout out to who it was, uh, Kodiak, uh, Ultramarine at Ultramarine ten nineteen. Um, just give us give us your order of the top five players to watch this season. So thanks for the question, man. Totally appreciate it. Luke, go ahead, man. All your right, top five. Here's my top five. Um, All right. And- like I said, these aren't necessarily the, the best players necessarily, but they're my top five to watch for, and I kind of went all over the board here. So number one, um, I don't know if he'll be our starting running back, but Xavier Harris. I, I just have a feeling after watching spring ball, he looks like he's hit the weight room. If he can be healthy, I think that guy can really, unintended, be an X factor for us yeah. uh, because he could catch the ball to the backfield. There's just a lot of ways we can use that guy, and I think – He's playing for a spot the way he was playing in the spring. Two, and it's probably going to be on everybody's list, Vidlak. Um, just from what I saw, I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people this uh, this coming fall with how, how good he can be. I think sky's the limit for that kid. Um, number three, Journey Grimsrud. Um, he came on late last year, but he's earned a starting position. I think he's just going to develop and get better and better as that in that guard position. So, I think and on offensive line, I think Journey Grimsrud's one to watch out for. So if you're if you like watching O line or line, that's one to watch. The other one on D line, Henry Noose. I think he's going to have a huge year this year. Um, I think he's going to be one of the ones to step up on the D and really make an impact for us this year. So uh, another Montana kid, which is always cool too. So I, I just think that he's going to have a big year. And then number five, didn't get to watch him yet, but that Riley Wilson. I think he's going to make a huge impact on our linebacking core um, and could possibly be one of the leaders on our defense for us. Um, just from what I'm hearing coming out of camp and just all the positivity around that kid, uh, I'm excited to watch him. So, so that's my five. All right. Uh, Lucas, I'm, I'll, you want me to go first or you want to get yours, man? It's up to you. You can go ahead. All right. Well, my top five, uh, my number one, Aaron Fonts. Uh, I think he's had two great springs. I, I think that he is going to come out uh, definitely this 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 season. Uh, my, I, and I think that he's going to be needed to just for, for that deep threat. Uh, he's shown flashes of it down um, last year as well. I think he's going to be the guy that um, is going to be one that is more open not to say that the because they're going to have to look at Bergen, they're going to have to look at Grossman. I think he's going to get those um, catches where they're like, "Oh, we crap, we just left him going down the field, mm-hmm. right?" Where the those huge plays. Um, you know, my number two, Levi Janicaro. I think you know, going off of last year to this year, I think he's bought in. I think he, he knows the position because he's switched over from, I believe, running back now. And he switched over a couple times, I believe, to that linebacking crew. Um, I, I think that you're going to see great things from him. Um, and then, uh, Luke, I, I didn't know which one I wanted to pick. So since you said Xavier Harris, I'll cite Eli Gilman. All right. Because I had both. Um, I just think those, the, the, the duo that they have at running back, um, I, I think you can put probably anyone in there, Childs as well. But uh, they're – I, I liked what I saw. I, you know, it wasn't great, like huge runs, but what they were doing, how they were doing, they were laying some, saying, laying some pads down. They were mm-hmm. continuing moving the pocket 
you know, each of those guys, it took two or three guys to tackle them, which is awesome to see. Um, and just the weight on them as well. Um, you know, like, like Luke had as well, Sam Vidlak, I, it, it's hard not to just be wowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and just some of the throws that he had, you know, not playing football. Cause he, he honestly, he didn't play at Oregon state. You know, he battled in Boise state, but really didn't really play. Um, to be thrown in and, and play like that, man, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really great to see, and I can't wait to see him um, have a summer to kind of get with his guys and wide receiver crew and build even more, uh, which I think they're just going to do too. And then, um, you know, Luke said this as well, man. I think Chris Walker is going to take a step. I think, you know, another year on the mm-hmm. offensive line, I really do, you know, with what I said earlier, I really do like this offensive line. I just, I'm apprehensive. I just want to see it, right? I want, I think that they have a ton of things going for them. Uh, Chris Walker is just a mountain man. And uh, I just, I want to see him just like take a couple guys and just throw them, right? (laughs) Um, I just could see that dude. Oh my gosh. Um, But those are, that's my five. What do you think, Lucas? What do you got? Yeah, well, I'll just, Keep it simple here. Good luck to start. Uh, not much to be said. He's my number one. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Osmo. I know Luke, you had uh, Harris. I think with, with Osmo, they yeah. really unlocked something towards the end of the season. I remember putting out a tweet that said something like he's the, he's the college version of Christian McCaffrey. I think yeah. he had two receiving touchdowns and two running touchdowns. I think it was against Eastern Washington, uh, granted the opponent, but they unlocked a whole new dynamic with yeah. them. Now you have those those playmakers on the outside. You got your big men up the middle. You got the screen the the screen passes to the inside. Like, and now you're going to be able to dump it off to him. Like, there's just so many options I can go to. Um, so Osmo, not even for his running impact, but how he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Sure. It's just a whole other addition. Um, number three, I'm going to go Ryan Simpson. We've talked about yeah. you know, all these other guys for their speed and for their explosiveness, whatnot, just because, and Cole, because of his size, but Ryan's the biggest guy out there. Right. And you saw him and Vidlak connect on that first touchdown in the spring game. He put it only where he could get it. Yep. Strong hands with a guy draped all over him. I think they should be doing a lot of that in the red zone this year. Um, and when I did a story on him last year, we shook hands and my hand just was lost inside. <laughs> <laughs> Just huge. I mean, they list him at six six. He is the full six six, right. maybe even more. I mean, he's huge. Um, so I think he could have just a, a blow up season for them yeah. if they use him the right way. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Nash. They need uh, Nash Fouch. They need somebody to bring the uh, the safety room some steadiness with the mm-hmm. loss of Robbie. And I think he's going to be the guy who kind of. Um, I mean, they're totally different players, but can kind of assume the role that Robbie had as a hard hitter and and your leader in that unit. So I'm looking at Nash for that. And then number five, I'm going to go with Kale. Um, Kale Edwards, a defensive line that's just depleted. I think he's going to be very important because, in in a sense, he's almost kind of an unknown. He's not. Everybody knows how promising he is. Everyone knows the physical tools he has. But because of injuries and just, you know, different guys get an opportunity last year. We didn't get to see a whole lot of him in action yet. So I'm looking for him to take all that uh, positive reinforcement from others and, and show it on the field. So those are my top five. 
Nice. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting with your top five. Like I had multiples on the them too. I was going <laughs> back, <laughs> back and forth. So, um, yeah, great list. Yeah, I think you know we've covered pretty much every player. If we put our put our top five there, I think we've we've got everybody. But um, any last thoughts, guys? Last thoughts on spring game and and what what's to come? No, I wish I could be covering it this year, but I'll definitely still be following along. So I appreciate you guys having me on here and being able to talk about it because I love it. Yeah, well, my my one thing is I, I just and this this comes from a lot of other people I talk to too, Lucas. We hope that. You find a home here in yes. Missoula yep. covering Grizz football because we all appreciated your approach last year to it. Um, I hear it from many other fans. Just the the it was refreshing getting your takes and stuff. So we all are hoping that somewhere, whether it's you know Skyline Sports or I don't know what or Kent has them. Like Kent, come on, find come a place on. for this guy. Let's go. We would love to have you back reporting for the Grizz. Do we need to like do like a like a like a Twitter or Instagram like just like revolt like just like let's get Lucas a job like here like Grizz Nation call Hashtag everybody get Lucas a job get Lucas a job yeah there you go with the Grizz, go. Go. With the Grizz though exactly exactly uh, again Lucas I can't thank you enough for joining the pod with us man and and talking Grizz uh, um, we value you a lot man we value your opinions and thoughts and. Uh, like like Luke said, it was it was a breath of fresh air, um, and we wish you the best. And uh, we'll have to have you on the pod again, man, and, and later on in the year, and we'll talk some sports. And uh, yeah, we're all hoping that we we see you again covering. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate the kind words from both of you. It means a lot. Um, like I knew I had. I said this. I knew I had built you know a strong like following with the Grizz fans and just like a good relationship like i've appreciate everyone who's engaged with me but the feedback i've gotten has uh blown me away it's been really cool to see so i appreciate it and let me know when you need me back because i'll definitely be you know, following along whether i'm on the beat or not some way i'll still be following along